GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches every Friday. It's free patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. It's 11.59 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Uh, how come I can't remember what I say? Each night we go live to talk about guns, something like that. So uh, got a little late start tonight because of you know why. Hmm. So we're uh, starting here with the Thursday show. And if I remember correctly, tonight's episode is going to be what shows up on the screen when I open it. Yep. Every firearms training option available in 2022. So you might think, oh, wow, I'm going to sit back and listen to this and hear what all the different training opportunities are. Nope, not that way. Not this show. Uh, in fact, in this show, you're going to be challenged to come up with all the different training opportunities that are available for us in 2022. Let's get started, shall we? So I'll just be sitting back and y'all can uh, roll up your sleeves, maybe get a pencil behind your ear, get one of them green visors, and uh, let's get started. I guess I can click on, oh, I can't, ugh. I have to log into my other channel. Hold on. Jump over here. Do this quick switcheroo. Do this thing over here with the thing. Click on that. Boom. That's how long it takes. All right. So we'll go into edit there. Oh, I see what Patriot's trying to do. Uh, I don't know if Patriot uh, paid attention to the chat the other day, but that stopped the bleed. Anti-gun owner. Not a big fan of that place, but I'm going to put it in here because it is training. So uh, how am I doing this? I guess 
we're just going to hit enter a bunch of times right here. And we'll just start listing everything right here. Now, this is not unusual for people who are familiar with this show. We go live every night at midnight Eastern. Often, I will take the show that we're in, flip it upside down, cut its belly right open, and then just start putting stuff right inside of there while we're live. It's a little awkward for some people at first, but that's what we do, and that's what I'm doing right now. So Patriot's got some stuff over here, and I refuse to type if I can copy and paste or drag and drop. So that's what I'm getting myself set up to do right now. So here's the deal. Everybody is encouraged to participate. I've already uh, challenged y'all with the uh, question. What is every firearms training option available for us today in 2022? So we are uh, starting out with Patriot's suggestion of stop the bleed. And then we're going to Red Cross CPR. Okay, he missed the show. So I went live on Friday, I think last Friday, because Barbecue had told me about uh, Stop the Bleed being uh, free online. Right off the bat, they make it really clear that it's designed to stop a, a mass murderer with a specific piece of property that marginalizes a good chunk of the, pro of the population of this country and other countries. 15 needles. Oh, I know what that means. That's code. Uh, on the streets, uh, amongst those uh, miscreants that sew, that's what uh, some of us call needle and thread work. You might not understand what we're talking about, but that's some of the lingo over there. Is Patriot doing all the work tonight? So we got Eddie Eagle. I'm going to put that a little bit lower down the list. And then we got Hunter Safety. And I'm going to keep that in the same portion of the list, but above Eddie Eagle. So... Uh, Anyway, I was talking about the stop the bleed thing. I, do, I went live and did the stop the bleed uh, online thing, and it's super twisted. It makes it sound like every, like the reason you're learning this is because you getting shot is imminent, and and it was too too much, couldn't deal with it. And then it was junk. It was really sloppy. Uh, it was really amateurish, and I don't want to say dangerous. I was definitely being too picky. I think, but potentially dangerous like it's really bad i don't like it it's not well made and i've been told that the in real life stuff you know it's more like i'm guessing it's more the the materials and you emphasize what you want you ignore what you want from the materials but the materials are definitely made by somebody who's anti-gun owner and uh is trying to get that message out there so i like the concept a lot but i don't 100 percent like it I think it would be better if somebody else did it over. Uh, old school, but you can't do that one. Boy Scouts don't count anymore. Yeah. All right. So again, we're looking for every type of firearms training option available in 2022. We're not going to list every instructor's name, but if an instructor has a... Um, a realm, is that the right word? Like a, a facet of shooting? We'll include that. So I think we could easily put in here CCW. I don't know why people didn't already count this one. It's easy. CCW, um, basic instruction. 
And that's typically what people are going to seek out if they have constitutional carry already, like half of the states in the country have constitutional carry. So uh, they, someone might seek out a, con a concealed carry class in order to learn the laws and the legal aspects and the potentially uh, some, not tactical, but some like practical issues about carrying, you know, learning about holsters, learning about uh, what's what's proper and what's good good idea and good technique and stuff as far as uh, someone who might be a complete novice at carrying a firearm. But uh, so I'm going to call that CCW basic instruction. Travis is saying, I took stop the bleed in person with nurses at my previous school and there were no anti-firearm sediments communicated. Good. It was very straightforward. Good. Like I say, it was really... It's just that they included the terminology like it had to be in there. Like they don't say, hey, you're learning this because of earthquakes. They don't say, hey, you're learning this because of car accidents, which is probably the biggest thing anybody's going to see. You're not learning this because of fall injuries, right, or swing sets or something, or just leave it alone. They have to say, well, I'm not saying, but, you know, murderers who choose a specific implement knowing that the media will make them famous for it. But uh, aside from that, it was it was okay. It, it included. It, it was too basic. I didn't. I don't know. It was okay. But anyway, that's not really. We're talking about firearms training now. Uh, first aid training is adjacent to firearms training. Many would say it's more than adjacent. Like it's literally a branch of. And I wouldn't. I could totally defend that. You know, I'm not going to suggest it isn't. I'm going to go ahead and add a couple of other ones, even though I really shouldn't have to type all this stuff myself. This is an opportunity for y'all to be typing stuff, and then I can just copy and paste, right? But we got some other stuff going on over there. First, uh, before, well, you don't want to take Red Cross CPR for sure. You want to take Stop the Bleed. You can take what's called a first responder. I think that's what they call it. And that's just a more, more thorough first aid. Uh, you know, you got burns in there, you got stroke, you've got falls, uh, immobilizing uh, spines and arms and things. So you've got other things that you can learn besides that. And then we can get into more, I'm going to call it a CCW type of uh, first, first aid or trauma. Trauma care, I guess. I don't know. There's probably a better word for that if I thought about it. But uh, there are some that are focused towards uh, taking your basic knowledge and applying it to the scenarios or the circumstances that you might encounter in a real life scenario with a lethal force incident or some other uh, thing with CCW being a uh, innocent victim or a, what's that called, a uh, casualty or whatever. So there's lots of things that could be just a little bit more uh, tactical or practical to the first aid stuff, giving it some some application. And then there's uh, EMT. Don't put that out. I did my EMT uh, when I was younger, and I think it's good basic training. It's basically, a, I think it was an eight-hour class, so it was, it was like taking a couple of classes, I guess, but it was super worth it. You get to drive around in ambulances. You learn all kinds of cool stuff. You're going to know what every single tool in an EMT box it does, get lots of hands-on They'll do ride-alongs in ambulances, as many as you want, until they tell you to quit doing it. Uh, you can go to, to, what are they called, in hospitals? 
a, um, I forgot the name of them now, but you know, uh, you go to a hospital and hang out basically. And since you kind of know stuff, they let you do stuff. And guess what? When you're in an emergency room and something's going down and you're standing there, they don't care. You're, you're in there, you're doing stuff. So you're going to get some experience just being in school for sure. And um, so I'm going to put EMT. Uh, and then another one that's worth checking out uh, is Wilderness EMT. Especially if you can get straight into that one. A Wilderness EMT is everything that EMT is, but way more interesting stuff about uh, like ex if you're not going to be really close to a hospital. So just some more long-term stuff and then a lot more interesting stuff about climbing and uh, if you're not just going to immobilize somebody waiting for the paramedics to get there, now you're going to immobilize them so that you can carry them out potentially or get them to a helicopter or something. So it's interesting. It's a little bit more interesting. And you get some hands-on, some climbing and stuff sometimes. Uh, Echo saying it's a lot of fun riding in an ambulance or a rescue unit on a fire department. You see a lot of stuff, especially if you're riding in bad areas. Now, I've never done, I've done ride-alongs with cops. I've done ride-alongs with ambulances, but I've never done a uh, fire department. I've heard of that. When I knew people in fire explorers, they would do that. I never, I never, for some reason, I just never did it. And then uh, I would have really liked to do border patrol. That would have been an interesting one. I just never did. All right. So going back, uh, boot camp, uh, I don't know what that means. So defense of home, MCRGO. So I guess that is some kind of a course from the Michigan Committee for something gun owners. I forget what it is, but I'm guessing defense of home is something uh, a little bit more advanced than the CCW basic instruction. So we're getting some sort of a structure here. If I put a couple more spaces, we got our CCW stuff is where we started. We've got this first aid stuff, which is getting pretty big. And then we've got a little bit of uh, hunter safety and Eddie Eagle stuff down here for more like younger person, introductory type of stuff. Hunter safety would lend itself right into the beginning of uh, all these different uh, first aid and uh, those kind of courses. So now Patriots saying pistol one at NRA. So NRA, I think in general, you've got with NRA, actually, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So you've got stuff from NRA that's marksman or home defense or defense, let's say. So practical or marksmanship. And they may have classes on competition, and they may call that practical, and I'm not sure. But they definitely have self-defense inside the home and self-defense outside the home. And self-defense inside the home is techniques and practices and then self-defense outside the home is like part two, where you take those out and deal with all the issues where you can actually conceal carry. So the idea is that NRA built these course curriculums back in the day when there was very few states with concealed carry, period, and only Vermont with constitutional carry. So most people were only able to defend themselves in their home ever until just very recently and then once, once concealed carry became more established and then eventually the law of the land, every single 50 states has some sort of concealed carry now. 
then the NRA added that, well, not, I mean, they, they put it in two layers so that people didn't have to get frustrated taking the outside the home stuff if they weren't able to legally carry outside their home. But now that everyone technically could, you pretty much could take that class anywhere. You always could. But they're very long classes. So setting something like the NRA offers these classes, that sounds really nice. But in reality, I'd have to really struggle to find a more boring class that I've ever attended in my life. They are super slow and boring for a reason because they're covering important, crucial stuff that is vital to your safety and the safety of others. And in the bigger picture, you being an idiot and hurting people hurts everybody, right? And so in reality, it's creating good practices in the student who then ingrains those practices on their peers and their uh, next generation, whoever they teach from that point on. So it is boring. And a good portion of the NRA instructor courses, I've happened to have been able to take the NRA instructor courses. A good portion of that is how to keep people involved in the very boring, very basic stuff. But if you think about it, there is nothing but the basics ever. All there is is the basics. Experts do the basics with finesse, like with style and effortlessly. And that's because they repeat the basics over and over and over. Every once in a while, somebody can do something super fancy occasionally, right? But the people who are serious experts just do the basics all the time, every time perfectly. And that's pretty much uh, kind of the theory there is to not overwhelm the student with amount of stuff. It's nothing fancy. Keep them awake and keep them engaged while they're experiencing the very basics so that they cover the very, you know, everything. They've covered everything. So it's Maggie saying marksmanship training. That gives us another direction to go. So they definitely do have some with the NRA. There's also Appleseed and um, I can't think of the other one. So I'm just going to throw Appleseed in here right away. Paul Revere, Appleseed and Paul Revere. Isn't there a song that says something like, I, little, I met a little monkey named Paul Revere? Um, and then you got tactical training. That'll be a whole nother one, but we'll put that as a heading. Um, if you want to call it tactical. So then you've got your basic CCW, and then we were talking about the migrating concern of real gun owners. Organization puts together defense of home, which I was saying is like the defense of home. And then they've got defense outside the home, personal defense outside the home, which is sort of like their version of CCW that takes eight hours. But then you get pistols one. If, so if we're talking NRA pistols one, that's sort of like, here's what a pistol is. Here's how you unload it safely. Here's how you take it apart for cleaning. Here's how you adjust the sights. Uh, here's how you can uh, fiddle with whatever buttons and levers it has. I don't know. Nine millimeters have so many buttons and levers. You need a manual. So that's basically the, you know, just the instructions on how to use these things. Then you get into marksmanship which is totally different. Now, learning how to safely operate a firearm is one thing and learning how to 
interact with other shooters at a range or just in general, you know, norm, norm, understanding the standardized safety protocols and stuff, that's all part of that pistol one and part of your basic, uh, basic introduction to pistol stuff. But being able to shoot the pistol is totally different. And then you get into marksmanship. So typically marksmanship is going to start with something small and little and work its way up, I think. So with pistols, it's a little different because most people don't want to start with a 22 tiny pistol and they want to start with whatever they own. So typically pistol one is somewhere between, I'm going to call it a hybrid of a defensive pistol or an action pistol or something that isn't worry about everything. Just here's your sight picture. Here's your trigger. Go. Not points of contact and body articulature and muscle control and breathing. You know, they're pretty much going to say, here's your sights. Here's your trigger. Go. You know, that's all you need. Go. And, you know, do it over and over until you figure out that other stuff. Marksmanship is going to be like, hey, you're a mammal. You're trying to use a machine that was invented a long time ago that a whole bunch of other mammals tried to use. And we care about making that efficient and effective. So we've monitored all different aspects of that. And here's the beginning of that instruction. And then they tell you all this stuff. And when you're done, you know what the manual would have said. So you know what the different adjustments are. And it's just a totally different thing coming into something with marksmanship training versus general pistol training. And it's, again, a level of interest. Somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to buy a gun. And then tomorrow I'm buying a snake. And then the week after that, I'm going to buy a lawnmower. And the week after that, I'm buying one of them inflatable airbeds. Like, you know, it's just a thing they're buying. They could care less about any of this, right? So those people, if you're happy, those people, they often shoot 9mm. That's how you can tell them. Um, those people are going to barely want to pay attention to how to clean the thing, if they even pay attention to that, right? So there's some strategy to some of these tech, uh, some of these options that some people are going to go, oh, that doesn't teach enough, or oh, it's not inclusive enough, or oh, it's not blah, 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 or blah, 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 and they're not thinking about the level of lameness that some people bring to this whole thing. Oh, I said all training. Uh, let's see. So then... I'm going to take 4H over here and put 4, oh, I guess I, can, I guess I don't have to copy and paste 4H. I'll just type 4H over here next to Eddie Eagle because it's for the kids for the most part. Uh, but think about 4H, Eddie, well, Hunter Safety and 4H, maybe Scouts. I'm going to put Scouts in here anyway. I'm going to put Boy Scouts just because, you know what? Bite me. So putting in Boy Scouts and then uh, those kind of things, guess what? Who's showing up at those 4-H Boy Scout and Hunter Safety events? Sometimes a dad, but sometimes guess who else? The mom. So those also are introductions to uh, firearms and the shooting sports and the community and the infrastructure behind the community that uh, go un, uh, unchampioned. But actually, if I thought about it, most of my, everybody I know's mom got in, 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 in what's the word in in aware became aware of guns through scouts there you go uh family oh my goodness come on man i guess we'll put that in there so i'm gonna put that last but at some regards it should be first so i guess i will put it first so your first experience with firearms training 
in 2022 is the dude in your family who mansplains it to you. You're welcome. So mansplaining is and always will be the number one thing. That's where we're going to put it in the front. And nowadays, ladies are allowed to know about guns. So now you can get mom-splained. So now your mom can be like, your Glock isn't clean enough. Oh, you want to eat dessert? Is your Glock clean? Did you empty your Glock magazine? That's a 33-round magazine, young man. That kind of stuff will start getting said. Uh, Smeggy says, longed distance shooting. So we're going to put that under marksmanship because I don't like it. I guess we'll put that down here under rifle. Well, I can't put it under first aid. Come on. I'm going to put it up here next to marksmanship, and I'm going to put another thing called rifle. Here's the deal. You can shoot long distance pistols also. So I'm just saying that. I've wanted to learn long range for a while. Farthest I've done is 300 yards. Well, here's the deal. Anybody can shoot long distance once, but it may be illegal. And it might actually be very illegal, so don't actually do it. But everybody can shoot long distance once. You can all shoot long distance up also, which is super dangerous. And it's hard to have a target. You can ask an airplane to hold a target, but then they're going to get pissed when you shoot at it. So you can have a bird hold it. Birds are kind of dumb. I think I'm not missing anything. Um, rifles, pistol. All right. I think he might have said rifle one. Is that what Patriot was saying here? So I'm going to put pistol one, rifle one. Guess what? Rifle one is very similar. It's I'm going to call it a hybrid between introduction to the thing you just bought. And I mean, it's definitely not marksmanship training. And it's certainly not any kind of legal training or anything like that. Here's There's something that we nobody's talked about in here. At least one thing that nobody has brought up. Now, are you not bringing it up for a reason? I don't know. Is there something going on in the side chat out there that I don't know about that everybody's saying, oh, be sure not to bring up this thing that I'm talking about that I'm alluding to. Let's get into the tactical training. Where did I put that? I thought I put that over here. I guess I didn't. So I'm going to go grab uh, Smeggy saying tactical training. Uh, I'm going to put that here. And why I keep putting it underneath first aid. So I'm going to put it over here after marksmanship because they can't. This is pretty much the order they came in. If these are truly in the order that they came in after family, what was the first formal firearms training? Oh, Patriot says legal. That is a good one, but it's not the one I was thinking of, but it is a very good one. So after family, what was the first formalized firearms training that I'm aware of on the planet? And I think other people are also aware of on the planet. I'm going to put legal before first aid. That's how important I think legal training is. I think I'm going to put legal up by CCW, actually. What am I doing? Um, yeah, I'm going to put it up here. I'm going to even put it before the defense of home. Uh, then Patriots got history. That's a good one. I'm going to put that one at the very end because nobody even cares about it. What we're doing right now, barely people care about. But I'm going to say uh, gun history, education. There's a very, very large one, very large one that no one's missing. 
Uh, military. I'm going to put that in there. Um, you had boot camp. I never put boot camp in here because I didn't know what you meant. So if you're saying military, I'm going to put military in. You know what? I'm putting it in. Uh, I'm going to put it in here because it'll fit better after tactical, I think. But you're right. So in the military, typically you're going to get boot or the rest of us just call it uh, basic training. And then you might get more advanced. You might get onto a team. But yeah. And you might be one of the things that no one has said yet. And I am not going to just give it away by saying it right now, but the army also has the thing that none of y'all have come up with. It's as if none of you all even consider this something that needs to be trained. That's the scary part. That's the part that's got me concerned. Do you think that this isn't necessary, that you just know this stuff? Is that what you think? So the first formal firearms training that I'm aware of was the rules of dueling. I don't know if I'm spelling it right because there's more than one way to spell it, I think. But uh, back when people used to shoot at each other with tradition and honor and all that crap, um, there was rules to that. And that means there was schools for that. And then people did it good and bad. Like there was good dueling and bad dueling kind of like sword fighting. So uh, from what I understand, from listening to instructors who know what's going on, uh, dueling was the first formal firearms instruction. Then probably came military, but I'm going to put family, then dueling, and then military. I'll put it like that. That's a good, that's a good one. And then, uh, then we'll say CCW, although it's probably hunter safety after that, but I'm leaving hunter safety at the bottom. There's another giant big one that has to fit in here somewhere. I'm going to put it here after tactical. Smeggy's saying his CCW was very legal-based. Uh, Patriot is saying, what about in school? Well, that's what Eddie Eagle is in this list, at least. Eddie Eagle represents the introduction to firearms in a social setting or in a um, civic or state function, right? School or church or something like that, scouts. Uh, that's pretty much what Eddie Eagle is for and why we have so few firearms deaths or an influence to why we have so few firearms accidents, I guess. So under tactical, though, uh, from what I understand, we had, uh, I'm going to try to get to tactical. We, we had people educating themselves and then eventually these rules for dueling. And then the military in our country started writing stuff down for these new firearms that were out there. Dueling started when only a few people owned firearms right? When only rich people could own them. So there was only a couple. So it's not like everybody had guns back then. Then guns became easy to make because of interchangeable parts and that kind of thing. Well, I guess not actually guns just became easy to make because people bought them. But anyway, once you get into the military having them, now you need a uh, manual of arms. Now you need basic set of instruction that everyone learns in order to operate the thing in unison or in coordination or in whatever the timing is for the strategy or the tactic that they're going to be participating in, right? So you're going to teach them how to stuff the thing. You're going to teach them how to prime and shoot the thing. You're going to tell them how to deal with problems so that they don't screw up everybody by misfiring. 
And you're also going to have to then teach. Think about all the people they have to teach in the intermediate things, right? There we go. So Patriot put armor school, and then Smeggy says gunsmithing. I guess you just figured every, all these guns are like little transformers. Whenever they break, they would just fold up back into the working order like a little robot. So armor school is kind of like gunsmiths that can't read. And then gunsmithing is for engineers that like to focus on guns. Uh, artisans and craftsmen and engineers and metallurgists and blacksmiths come together and become gunsmiths. And then they give a screwdriver to everybody in the armor school. So there's those kind of trainings. And then we've got, uh, so we have the military training starts up. Everybody learns how to fire guns and stuff. And then guns start showing up in people's homes. Like now I got a gun. So either I went to Civil War and they told me to keep my gun or I kept my gun or the Civil War happened. And I went out and grabbed a gun out of the field in the front yard where the Civil War happened. People got these guns. Also, the iron pipeline. People in Indiana, even during the Civil War, would supply guns to any criminal organization that requested them. Also, uh, Pennsylvania did the same thing. They would run these guns straight to the cities and the townships, even back in the days of the Civil War. Indiana wasn't even a state yet, but people in Indiana somehow had a lot of guns, and they would ship them to whoever needed them without any kind of serial numbers, from what I understand of history. So then people started to have their own guns because of, you know, hunting and defending their houses and stuff. And uh, then you get people, uh, what, at some point going through the Civil War, not shooting good enough. And then the government saying, you know what, let's create the militia acts and let's take these military manuals and create instruction on how to be better not just how to use the gun and be safe with the gun but like literally how to shoot the gun better and that's when you get the three people that created the nra write a book that talks about how to shoot a gun good and it's a rifle and it's a black powder rifle and time starts to go on now you have the first military the first actual training nra training the first actual training it's only history but a lot of people want to ignore that because their three-letter organization has better means. So then you get uh, your military training. Guess what happens when somebody's in the military and then they retire or go home? They don't forget everything they learned. So now they go home and they've got their military training, so they apply it at home, and they teach their kids and whatever, and everybody starts to use military tactics, training, manual of arms, etc. Guns were made out of wood with a giant long barrel because there was no rifling and you'd be sticking and sticking and sticking it. Think of how tired your muscles are. You're sticking and jabbing it and yanking on it and poking on it and up and down and this and that. And now you're going to put this thing back up to your shoulder. Do you want your chest to go <gasps> and have your elbows on your chest because you just got done pumping the shit out of everything trying to get your gun loaded? Or do you want your arms out like excuse the sorry gizzard like a chicken wing so think about the time and the type of gun they were shooting when chicken winging became a thing and the person shooting at you would love to be able to shoot your arm off but they'd be also love to just shoot you so back in the day when they went to shoot at you they didn't have to worry about if you got your chicken wing out or not so then you move on and you move on and you move on you don't need the chicken wing no more unless you're out of shape or something or you're fat so 
you know, you don't need to be chicken winging because of the way the gun works. You don't need to be chicken winging because now they can shoot your elbow off. You don't need to be chicken winging because now they might be walking around a corner. And if you're over there chicken winging, you're giving them a target indicator. So we have tactics that change and people, I'm, I'm illustrating there that what people take home from their military training and then get taught by their grandpa, they're not necessarily thinking about the, where grandpa got taught and why. And he might've got it taught from his grandpa. And it's one of those things. I don't know if you ever heard the thing about slicing the ham in the, in the oven or something. There's some interesting thing about grandma used to slice the ham and why. So uh, then we get, at some point, time goes on and they create uh, fear about guns and they start to limit who can carry guns. And now all of a sudden what was normal gun ownership and carrying them became abnormal and shunned and marginalized by society due to outside pressures probably communism and then we go through a couple of years and then states like florida and other states like arizona and other states like alaska and then other states start to have concealed carry laws get removed or added or whatever's necessary and now people start to conceal carry police start to carry guns that are not old-fashioned guns anymore. And police start shooting competitively with each other in California. And people are hearing about that in these newfangled gun magazines because World War II is over. So now all of a sudden, there's national level awareness of what everybody else is doing. And like anything, interest and emulation and challenge and that kind of stuff so now you have some competition start up you get official competitions get created idpa the first of the all of all oh wait ipsic the first of all the shooting sports i guess after the cowboy sports in california and then uh now you got people like uh um dude in here in california in arizona why can't i think of gun sites guy again i can always miss his name now not Smith, it is, anyway, you get him making the school, and now he's got a curriculum, and now he's teaching his curriculum. What happens as soon as somebody starts teaching a curriculum? People go, oh, I don't like his curriculum, I'm going to teach my own curriculum. So as soon as, why can't I think of his name? First one to think of his name wins. Um, dude from Gunsight, why can't I think of his name? It'll come to me. So anyway, that guy is basically the boss of all shooting schools and potentially shooting instruction. But then you get Masada Yub and you get uh, Clint Smith and you get Ken Hackathorne all hanging out with him and being instructors. And then they decide, I think Masada Yub was an instructor. Anyway, they all go off and become Bill Rogers. No, he was one of the other ones uh pat rogers no pat rogers one of the disciples was one of the students also of oh can't think of them so anyway so that that's when you got the modern uh schools and the modern strategies semi-modern whatever with modern guns modern when our grandparents were hanging around they go off and do their thing we got the cold war then we have a period of time where 
military decides to go from large scale deployments to smaller unit deployments, those smaller units being deployed for specific tasks are going to get specialized training. And when you're only training dozens of guys instead of thousands of guys, you can afford to pay for better training. So the training develops and is developed by the interest and use of the mil or the military's use of that training. Same time, this whole time, you got people coming in and out of the military, getting experience with that stuff and taking their versions of it and letting, you know, bringing that into the civilian world. You get civilians who get a taste of that and seek out the actual training that the military is getting and those civilian instructors allow those civilians to join in. So you start to get that first wave of understanding and awareness. All the magazines start to become aware of it. This is way before the internet. And then you get, um, well, at some point you start to get wars do start to happen and guys do start to get experience and their experiences are incorporating that potentially some of that training that they got from some of those first people who created the training. So why can't I think of who Pat Rogers and Ken Hackathorn and everybody? Man, driving me nuts. Nobody's listening to this anymore. That remembers the name of the guy from Gunsight. Uh, driving me nuts. Anyway, so they're they're all going off and creating experience in different uh, theaters and different campaigns out there doing these small unit military tactics in operation from this experience from people who were in Nam and Korea and trying to use their experience to, to teach civilians and uh, military units that they don't anticipate seeing the same uh, theaters that they had in Vietnam and Korea. So a super interesting dynamic leading up to the global war on terror Thank you, Jeff Cooper. Thank you, Smeggy. Couldn't think of that for some reason. I was glitching. So going into the 20-year global war on terror that's effectively over now, okay, after the withdrawal from what Afghanistan last year, you've got 20 years worth of guys going over there with training inspired and created by what I just described, barely influenced by guys that had done some hands-on during the 90s, but barely influenced because the internet wasn't around yet. Now you add the internet, you add the global war on terror, people cycling in and out of that system or site, you know, situation. As someone comes out of that situation and desperately wants to let the guys going into that meat grinder know what's happening, you get the, the creation of instructors. And those instructors are teaching dudes that are doing raids nightly. So they're going from a, operations nightly to retired. And one of the ways they cope and one of the ways they prepare the next layer, next level of these guys is to create classes that get people to that speed. Some people are getting out of their military enlistment and going into contracting, which is the adjacent, uh, uh, what, like 
operations to the military operations that are happening. If there's something happening overseas and there's contractors or civilians or stuff, sometimes the military provides some kind of assistance to them, but often they're up to their own devices. So they hire ex-military people who understand the regions and the, the cultures, and they understand the dangers and threat levels and what's available and what their rules of engagements are and are capable and fit to deal with that rules of engagement. And so you've got players out there from different levels and you've got instructors over here that are instructing people that are going from eating at McDonald's on, in the morning one day to being in firefights the next evening. So and then, you know, six months of that raids every night coming home and going to the IHOP 48 hours later. So PTS as aside, that's just a massive amount of experience and, and uh, well, experience that's happening. And now you get people at different levels and different ambitions and different abilities trying to take that gained experience and gather it for both military intel and civilian uh, you know, use. So now you get those instructors who started out learning from Jeff Cooper and Pat Rogers and uh, Clint Smith and Masada Yub and Ken Hackathorne, right? You get those people that started out learning from them, but now, and those guys themselves, what am I saying? Those guys themselves start to learn from the guys who are over there, experience and stuff. Hey, when I jumped out of the helicopter, this happened. So when we do this, we have to turn a thing around. Okay, thanks for telling me. We're going to start turning the thing around in case that happens. Now, when we turn the thing around, we figured out six different things. What happens if, you know, it, there was a lot of back and forth going on and nobody had to wait for nothing. You had the internet. So there was this boom in tactical training that if you weren't paying attention, you thought it was a fad. You thought, oh, look, at there's a bunch of tactical trainers. There's a bunch of people that got out of the military and they can't keep out of the role playing. So they're going to put their stuff back on. In reality, one way to cope with your PTS is to make sure that your brothers going into the meat grinder are aware of what's happening. So you do what's possible to create scenarios to give them that experience, the level of anxiety or the stress or the impact on their bodies or whatever you might be able to simulate so that they can understand some of that before they experience it for the first time, giving them the ability to come home uh, and get their job done more effectively. So you've got a lot of stuff happening there right at the beginning of the global war on terror. And then, of course, during this time, you're still going to have weirdos, the spinouts or whatever, the people that couldn't quite get through. But when you, everybody's worried about what's really happening, the people that fall offside and are interested in capitalizing on uh, what they've got left in their hands, who knows what they're going to say? And there's not too many people that are going to go around saying, stop, stop, stop. You're not valid. You're not valid that have any credentials. So you're definitely going to get some weirdos doing some weird stuff. And it's possible that some of the people that rage are paying attention to the outliers. But reality, if we're looking at this as firearms training that we have available to us in 2022, I mean, we literally have the best of the best that was then Damascus forged in 20 years worth of layers and layers of learning and then under like in court like somehow deciphering and then applying it differently and then experience and then digest and apply differently and more experience 
digest, apply it differently, create new tools. At the same time, the internet's happening. We're having instant con communication between people working on one end of the world using a piece of tool or a technique or a tactic. And then people over on this side of the planet or whatever side of the planet going over to their mill machine and changing a couple of factors. And now that hole is a triangle or that square shape is an oval shape and it's being FedExed over. And we're going to see if that works or I don't know, maybe see one over and then we'll see if that works. So we've got this 20 year blender air fryer, like in uh, star Trek, uh, What's that thing called? A Star Trek uh, food maker. What that thing's called? Can't remember what that thing's called now. You know, the thing that makes things happen out of nowhere. You've got these massive engines creating innovation, and that's happening with, with firearms instruction. So just on that military side, I don't even know how to write all that. Like our military history of firearms training is one of the coolest things that we have as a as a facet of this country, let alone our firearms history, some of it is archaic and useless, like nine millimeter, right? Some of it is fascinating and awesome, like all the valid calibers are. So it's neat to know a lot of that military training. And to some extent, you've got people like um, recreate, what are those people called? Reenactors. And uh, actors, just plain old actors, people that just like to do stuff and have fun, you know, that are, what are those people called? Cosplayers or whatever. So, those, so some people are still going to be using those old military uh, manual of arms and stuff. Uh, let's see. So a replicator. Thank you. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, so, you know, we've got a lot of stuff happening with the military training. And it's um, ultimately fascinating. We're able to see most of it we're able to experience a lot of it uh, with videos and with people doing reports and reviews the alumni of uh, different instructors will uh, offer after action reports there's literally forums and you know large communities online there's there's live chats the uh, one called primary and secondary is a massive uh, effort with a lot of people who for years been paying attention to the development and the backs and forth and the expansion of firearms instruction. The number of people that go to these modern instructors are crazy. So the modern instructors are getting tactics and techniques that have been, like I say, Damascus folded and forged into just uh, potentially, who knows? I mean, just strong steel. And then it's up to those instructors to decide just how they want to, you know, uh, shape it and sharpen it. So you've got a lot of potential on the tactical side. And I don't even how, know how to get into there. I know a lot of people have for their own perceptions of what they think tactical training is. And that's a shame because it's, again, it's one of our coolest things that we've got going on. And so many people pay it no attention because of their assumptions. And then, I don't know, the, the people that are enjoying it, just they're enjoying it. So they don't have a need to try to justify it. And what happens is it's uh, it's kind of an untapped resource we've got out there. Um, especially now that, uh, well, I guess one factor of that is that now with the end of the global war on terror, there will not be the side of it 
where the military is sending people to the instructors. That means the instructors will retire, slow down, and quit offering as many classes as they could when they had more students. And with less uh, awareness and less like focus or whatever, less uh, spotlight shining on them, people are going to forget about them. And there's so many other options that they're uh, not going to get the respect or the uh, interest that they, you know, have earned. So more than likely, they're going to end up uh, just becoming like a lot of the other instructors, you know, doing some version of something to be able to stay relevant, current, found, you know, somehow reacting to do something to the logarithms. So that was just military. So I'm going to go back and meme training. I don't know. Gunsmithing. We got that one in there. So with gunsmithing, we have a lot of gunsmith schools. But we also have like uh, books and that kind of stuff. And then we've got, I don't think there's anything wrong with just learning, you know, being an engineer or a machinist or a, a blacksmith and just using your trade, using your artisan skills on the goal of making a new gun. We see lots of people do that. I mean, not with a forge and a hammer, but often with a mill and a, and a micrometer. We see uh, people create new guns. That O2, uh, that ounce two pistol that came out of Washington State this year at Shot Show, I think a good example of uh, you know gunsmithing, home taught type of thing. Smeggy claims to have taught gunsmithing earlier. Trick shots didn't annually teach. I think she taught a lot of women. Uh, let's see. Then we get hearing you talk about it changed my mind about tactical. I used to think it was just role playing. Yep. Oh, yeah. The Because, I don't know, some people are sad because they can't or they won't. And then so everybody over there must be jerks. And other people are just not paying attention. But most of it, well, not most of it. It's all interesting. I should say most of it's interesting. But some of it is authentic as hell. Now, there's definitely some goofy stuff out there. Like I said, there's definitely some extremes. But anyway, so that was tactical. About an hour into this, and we've got a good list here. But I don't see anybody putting anything else out here for directions. CMP. Oh, that's a good one. So uh, Patriot said CMP. I'm going to put that with Appleseed and Paul Revere, except I'm going to put it uh, at the front. So under marksmanship, we got the CMP, which is sort of created in the, the Militia Act of 1903. Uh, again, sort of had to do with the transition from black powder uh, type of flintlock type of guns to rifles. So imagine if you're like, well, my grandpa used this, fl this flintlock and his grandpa used this flintlock and I'm going to use this flintlock just because the army came out with this new 30 odd six or whatever Springfield doesn't mean I'm going to use it. And then eventually their kid or their grandkid was like, come on, grandpa, let's get that bolt action and be like up with the Joneses. You know what I mean? So there was uh, all that going on and people were not keeping up with the Joneses. So they incentivized getting those kind of bolt actions out there. All right. <clears throat> so then I'm going to try to go through here since I'm obviously yawning a bunch of times about to fall asleep. 
I don't think I see anything else in the list from y'all. So I'll just fill in the rest of I'll just fill in everything else myself. So we've got family. I think that's good. We got rules of dueling. Sure, that's firearms training technically. We got that military that I can't really try to write down. We got the CCW basic instruction, which we kind of talked about was just sort of like the whatever the basic requirement is for your state certificate. Uh, Patriot put hunting schools. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that, I mean, technically you're right. That is different than hunting safety. I'll put it down here as a subset of hunter safety. <laughs> so then uh, we got the basic CCW instruction, just enough to get your class. You got some legal training, which uh, there is some available with some of the CCW uh, personal legal defense. Well, some people call CCW in, in, uh, insurance. Some of those have some legal training where you take some online courses or they send you some booklets or something. You've got these different organizations like uh, Patriot put in here, the Michigan Committee for the Right to Gun Owners or something. Uh, they have a defensive home class. There are different NRA classes like that, and I'm sure it's USCCA's version of there. Somebody else probably has a version. I know Second Amendment Foundation attempted to do a training thing for a, at least shot uh, gun rights policy 2015 and 16, I think. They were trying to create a training. I don't know what happened to it. Man. So then... Uh, in addition to those types of basic trainings, the NRA does have a bunch of different ones. I'm not going to go look at their whole menu, just like the military training. Just take my word for it. They have a lot of different training. They have reloading training. They have uh, gunsmith training. Like They have a lot of different training. Most of it is very basic and very general, but it is training, and it is a, an established curriculum that's typically uh, used as a credential for most you know, places. So uh, in addition to those basic type of things, what we don't have in here is your more advanced CCW. So some schools are going to have advanced uh, classes, and that can be in any direction. I've seen some that have like retention and uh, how to wrestle or something, like what happens if you're on the ground with somebody. Somebody does one with alternate positions, so alternative shooting positions so most people think oh i can go to the range and i shoot bullseyes all the time next time you go to the range have your friend come over and smack you with one of the range chairs and then as you're coming back into consciousness try to shoot that target from the ground right uh and if you're scared to have them hit you with a chair or whatever just drop to your knees and then fall backwards and then draw and shoot we think you're never going to have to shoot from a being on your back in a supine position. Uh, so having an alternative shooting position is a good idea. Movement is not an advanced thing, but it's something that if you go to a class and they start walking around and shooting at the same time, uh, realize that they're attempting to put too much basic stuff on you at the same time, for most people's opinion. Uh, if it's some sort of like, we got to teach you this before you move to Mars because you're never going to learn it again, it might be different. But if you've got time, you don't need to learn everything in one class. Uh, and then uh, legal. There's a lot more you can learn with legal. And uh, 
The last one for advanced CCW is scenario. You know why you don't see anything about scenario classes? Because they humble people. When you go to a scenario class, you lose over and over and over again. So no one on who's trying to be an influencer wants to take a bunch of video of them getting losing and then post that. It's, you know, it's not good for the ego, but it's amazing for the awareness. Um, anyway, so there's scenario training, force on force. Some people call it force on force. And those are available for anybody who wants to take them. A typical instructor will suggest that you are require that you take a standard something first so that you get it, have some basic understanding of the operation of firearms and are familiar enough to be able to deal with drawing and shooting. These classes will be, uh, the force on force and scenario will be with some kind of a simunition, a simulated bullet, not an actual bullet. The other classes, though, moving and alternative shooting positions are quite potentially dangerous. You do need to be paying attention because you are shooting a real gun in different positions and stuff. So those kind of things aren't necessary, just like taking a defensive driving class isn't necessary. If you're able to and you're interested in taking a defensive driving class, knowing what your vehicle can do, knowing what a vehicle can do, knowing what it's like to see accidents that are engineered and situations that are very costly to replic replicate and happen so quickly, having the ability to hold on to a steering wheel and, uh, and be deliberate is the similar to taking one of these classes and having the awareness to be deliberate if it ever happens in real life. In some cases, it could be deemed a waste of time and delusion or even you know uh, somehow practicing or something uh, in those cases you know what are you going to do so people that are going to try to look for a way to marginalize you are going to someone in here has not yet put in here second amendment advocacy because i guess nobody's all that two way but uh i'm just not thinking at the top of my brain right now but uh there are challenges to that accusation and through Second Amendment advocacy, awareness, practice, being an advocate, you're able to defend your choices to uh, become aware uh, ahead of time of a potential bad situation. That being said, then we get down. So I just wanted to add that section on advanced CCW there. And there's probably a lot. There's probably a lot more I could add there. Uh, you've got pistols uh, and rifles, which again are sort of like what you would do over the counter at the gun shop as you're buying a gun. Like nothing super fancy. Uh, Smeggy says his work sent him to defense driving training and it was fun whipping a rental car around cones and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just makes you a better driver, really. So uh, in addition to getting that basic introduction, orientation and that kind of thing to rifles or pistols, I guess technically shotguns. You're then going to see marksmanship training. You've got CMP, which is the Civilian Marksmanship Program, as I alluded to, was created by the national government in order to incentivize uh, learning and being proficient with firearms. Uh, then you got Appleseed and Paul Revere, which took the what CMP had initiated and took it even farther to teach citizenship and some other aspects of being a, a good 
uh, person in the country to uh, youngins. So under rifle, we got long distance shooting. Uh, there would also, I'm gonna, I guess you could have put uh, the hunting, hunting school here under long distance. But in addition, let me try to think what other kind of rifle classes are there. Um, well, you've got fighting rifle, which is the equivalent of using a rifle like you would in a battlefield, fighting rifle. Uh, so transitioning between rifle and pistol, transitioning between immediate close-up shots with a rifle and further shots, uh, just dealing with a rifle in close quarters. Anybody can own a rifle and anybody can put a sling on a rifle. Nobody hangs around with a rifle. Like nobody just puts a rifle on and hangs out with it for days and days and days. Some of people have. You can tell the people who have because they're looking at you. The rest of you have never put on a rifle for a few days and just had it on for a few days. You become intimate with it. There's places on you that are going to be intimate with that thing. And you're going to learn things about slings that people who've never done it before are going to adamantly believe slings are good for or appropriate for and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, I guess I was tangent on a fighting rifle. Um, then you've got, yeah, I'm going to quit saying fighting. I, I think the hunting could easily go in there too. Under tactical training, we've got, uh, you know, the, the handgun and the rifle. There's also team tactics. So you're not, often not by yourself when uh, you're doing something for real, like you're getting paid. And uh, so learning how to work with other people is a skill set and if you've never been paid to work with other people you've never worked with other people you've watched other people work with other people but guess what people who work together don't say everything they don't broadcast their stuff so what they're doing which seems like coordinated whatever is just as difficult as any ballerina or team of ballerinas or any of them people in vegas that hang that swing around on those ropes or any magicians, you know what I'm saying? Like that's all practice, 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 practice. So if you want to experience some of that, you've got those kind of potentials. If you're going to be doing that as an occupation, that gives you some some potential there. Um, trying to think of what other kind of things. You've got tactical medical. So going beyond uh, like, ow, I hurt my finger or whatever. Like you've got real medical, medical where you're fighting. So we got tactical medical. I was listening to a podcast today, in fact, where somebody was talking about doing a combat IV, giving an IV to somebody, saving their life while in the firefight, still in the firefight, smashing an IV into somebody. Um, pretty interesting. So uh, trying to think of what else is over there. Well, one of the things that I don't want to put here, I'm going to jump back up and put it under CCW, even though it doesn't go into advance. I'm going to put it over here somewhere. Uh, no one's mentioned this one. Does anyone want to say what I'm mentioning? Anybody want to put it in here? Yeah, we've got a whole section for medical. See, Crump is jumping in. Thanks for joining in. So the next section is going to be less than lethal. So there are, you know, hands uh, on type of thing. You know, the weapon that is almost twice as deadly in the United States as a rifle, hands and feet. 
So, you know, fighting with somebody and then, and that's important because you don't need to know how to necessarily win every fight, but if you can understand what they're trying to do to you, then you can at least not lose the fight. You know what I'm saying? If you know the game and you've been wrestled on before, you know how to get out of there. You're not playing by some rules, so you can get out of there easier than the first time some dude grabs you and starts doing things to you. Uh, let's see. So you got less than lethal. Then you got these things called tasers. You've got things called pepper spray, etc. Those all have classes. You know what else you got? Batons. There's probably other things. So you got those kind of classes. And I, yeah, I just threw all martial arts under less than lethal because you're not taking instruction if you're already lethal. Uh, let's see. So there was that stuff. I didn't want to put that in under tactical because that would be too much like a ninja stuff. So let's see. What else do we got? Oh, you know what? Under rifle and long distance, we are going to long. I'll keep going. There's definitely a lot to long distance, and I'm not going to get too much into it. So we get into gunsmithing and armors classes, but then you also have, nobody mentioned, like painting, uh, coding. Uh, some of those have schools that you actually have to go to. Some of them uh, you learn from the guy before you, kind of like what people paint motorcycles or surfboards or something. Okay, then we get into the first responder stuff again. We got all that first aid stuff in there. Um, so what else are we missing? Blunt objects, maintenance. Maintenance is armors. Armors are, if you don't want to learn how to be a gunsmith, then you're cleaning everybody's gun. That's basically the, the bad side of being an armor. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. There is... This is everything, every firearms training option available to you in 2022. So we've got our families. We've got the old-fashioned rules of dueling. We've got military summed up by basic, advanced, and being on the shooting team. I know obviously there's a lot to that. We've got PCW uh, basic. We've got legal instruction. And then we've got the uh, various organizations version of like self-defense in the home. Then we've got the less lethal, less than lethal options, or I should say less lethal, not less than lethal. So the less lethal options like hands, tasers, pepper spray, and batons. We've got the advanced CCW, like alternative shooting positions, movements, more advanced legal stuff, scenarios, force on force. We've got the introduction slash orientation type stuff that you could do at the gun shop from nra with both pistol and rifle oh i've already thought of something new so marksmanship uh, i'm going to put in here under hunter safety and under scouts <clears throat> guess what competition shooting sports shooting you don't think that the people who shoot in the olympics don't get trained don't go to courses come on man so sports shooting. Oh, we out to aid Smeggy for the evening. So that happened. Actually, we out to aid almost everybody tonight. So uh, 
now we added sports shooting to it. You've got your 4-H and you've got your some of these other things, you know, potentially uh, uh, CMP is sort of sport shooting. But I'm thinking more your Olympics and your competition, your shoots, your shooting sports, so your competition sports. Because you can definitely go get a class on how to shoot something better or something else better and that kind of thing. Now, can you take a class on reloading? Yes, and nobody said anything about that, but I'm adding it. You can definitely take classes on reloading. All right, so now we've got the classes. Oh, you know what? We did have hunter safety, but then Patriot did mention hunting school. So you can go out and get a guide to teach you how to hunt better. Or you could go to someplace and learn how to hunt ethically. You can learn how to be a hunting guide. I'm not going to put that in here. Oh, we are missing something fundamental still. Fun D meant Al. None of this could even take place without this. That's right. Learning how to be an ATF agent. They have to learn. Nobody's going to bully us without. Okay, maybe not that. But there is something that you're missing. I'm not going to say Oh, Patriot. Nice. Not the one I'm thinking of, but I like it. So I'm going to put that under... Uh, I'm putting that under marksmanship training because it kind of fits there. Nah, I'm going to put it with NRA pistol and rifle. So Patriot said range officers. Nice. Um, But no, that's not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of how to be, I don't know where to put this. I'm trying to figure out where to put it. How to be an, so there's something that we, that is critical to everything we're talking about here. How to be an, I'm going to, I'm going to put it here. I, eh. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to put it here. I think this is where to put it. How to be an FFL. What? Yeah. Gun shops go to schools too. So uh, how to instruct. How to sell better. How to deal with the uh, regulatory agencies. And I'll tell you what, when a shop does put effort into learning some of this stuff on how to be a better small business, how to be a, you know, a better instructor, how to be, how to work with organizations and stuff, they typically are better shops. You know, they, they are more successful. There's also just the, you know, how to be an FFL kind of thing that's out there, how to be a home FFL, how to be a uh, uh, collector, that kind of thing. Not a big one, but it's something that needs to be in there. Well, let's see how many characters we're at. We're only at 1,539 out of 5,000 characters. So am I disappointed? I don't know, a little bit. We've, we've filled an hour, and we've talked about CNR. Yeah, thanks. 
That's what I was thinking. So I'm going to put that in here because why not? We're already listing it. And you all need a little bit extra. How to deal with an FFL. How to CNR. Let's see. What else could we be missing? Is there schools on how to do leather? Is there schools on how to gunsmith? We got that in there. There's probably schools on how to leather. So I'm going to put, oh, you know what there is, though? I'm going to put it under gunsmithing. How to, what are we missing? It's a little one. It's a weird one. Some people are going to get it. Not everybody. How to value firearms. How to appraise. I think that's a real gig. I think that's a real gig. And uh, the auction houses will use it. And, you know, people who are in the biz will uh, go to people who know what they're doing. Uh, auction places. Well, I just said it, I guess. Oh, marketing. All right. I dig it. I'm going to put that how to be an FFL. How to run. Well, I put how to run a small business. I'm going to count that as how to run a small business. Because otherwise I get into like how to run a website, how to do Facebook, all that kind of crap. All right. So with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. I think we did a pretty good uh, effort at this. And our goal is not to follow the news of the day on this show, even though we're live every single weeknight at midnight. Instead, we leave that to the others. What we do is focus on our community, our history the culture that is gun ownership. Back in the olden days, a bunch of people got sick of wherever they were or they got grabbed and they got thrown over here or they dragged themselves over here. Now everybody's standing here looking at each other. And then England says, eh, blah, blah, blah. we're getting sick of that. So what we're doing is putting our guns together and making a better gun than when England has. And now England has to leave us alone. That's how it all started. Collaboration, engineering, evolution and innovation immediately stopped us from having to deal with their dumb islandness and then uh eventually got half of us to leave the other half to leave the bunch of us alone and then we went on to live our life a bunch of metric happened and started to ruin everything and we're doing a pretty good job of keeping that at bay remember you don't have 10 fingers because of metric metric has 10 because those people can't keep more than one number straight in their head it's for simple people that can only look at their fingers metric is what they teach robots because robots can only deal with 10 they can only deal with round numbers that's why computers are square if computers could deal with round numbers computers would be round come on it's science t and crumpets I think that's a good way to end it. Well said. All right. With this, I understand that a lot of other channels out there are going to spend each evening digging into the community and the culture, like we said, the experience of being a gun owner. But uh, we hope that our slice of that uh, was worth your time tonight. Or if you're listening to this in the future, was worth going back to wherever it is you horked this from. Because more than likely, you got so wherever you got that from, do us a little favor and leave us a freaking comment already because then we know where to continue posting these things. 
Otherwise, guess what? You're going to come back here one day and go, oh, man, I can't wait for my keeping helping of 2A-ness. And then what's going to happen is it's going to be one of them, like, empty buffet bins. And you're going to be looking around. And guess what? We left because we didn't get no feedback. So all you got to do is leave us some feedback. Or if you want to go the extra mile, literally, go over to Patreon, take 20 bucks, give us five of that 20 bucks, take the rest of that 15 and start going around like if you are Mr. Moneybags or Mrs. Moneybags, depending on your situation, and drop two bucks here, three bucks here, five bucks here, right? I don't even care how you distribute it. Go be a capitalist. Take that $20, if you can afford to do so, don't hurt yourself, and then give it to a bunch of different people and see what they build with that 20 bucks. See what happens when you're the venture capitalist in the creation of 2A content. And after a little while, if you've done that for repetitively for a few months and you're not satisfied with what you got there, let us know and give us some feedback. Some feedback. We'd be interested to hear if you think that what you've invested in was not worth whatever it was we invested. I suspect what you're going to find is that you're going to give people motivation and that motivation gives them inspiration. And then they build, they create Hopefully that uh, gets seen and experienced by more. And what you value is spread and given more reach due to capitalism and effort. So thanks to those 148 people. We did lose somebody this month. Thanks to the 148 people that uh, subscribe to what we do. Most of them giving us a cup of coffee or maybe even lunch each week. Or not week, that'd be awesome. Each month. And when uh, 148 people buy you a cup of coffee or lunch, you're able to spend your time on Second Amendment stuff like this literally every day. So thanks for that. And until next time, thank you for watching and listening. Thanks, Echo. Hopefully you're done packing over on that side. Uh, safe and quick travels whenever you do get everything on the road. Until next time. Hey, did you know that you could help support our future projects and let everyone know you're a fan of what we do? Check out our print-on-demand store. We have a tab here on YouTube. When you click on it, you can choose from a bunch of different items. We have shirts and posters and coffee mugs. Click on the one you like. When you find the design you want to put on it, choose a color and a size if it's appropriate. And when you purchase these items, a portion goes to help fund our future projects. We really do appreciate your support. You get some cool stuff. When you get that stuff, post pictures here and on other platforms, and we'll hook you up next time you order from our gear website store. Thank you for your support of gunwebsites.com. Tonight's episode, Murder by the Numbers. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com. Cheat. Ninja? Ninja! Ninja!
1959 at Radio Free America.